into it. Hope everybody's having a great day so far. Um, this episode is with the Produce Isle, and these guys were super awesome. Uh, really enjoyed hanging out and talking with them. Um, let's see, they have a show coming up. I think it's on February 19th, and they have a couple singles out. Uh, Irizumi and Native, so make sure to check those out on wherever you listen to music. And uh, let me see, I know we have some shows coming up here that I recently shared. Uh, I know most recently here, uh, Platonic Lovers is playing with um, Unknown and Sailing at Red Flag and also Brave New World is playing that show. Um, February 18th, we have Dialogue at Heavy Anchor. Um, I can't remember the name of the band that they are playing with, but let me just double check that here. Also, um, I'll circle back to that here in a second. Uh, also at, uh, on February 18th, we have Family Medicine, Fight Back Mountain, and um, Direct Measure, and still at uh, Sinkhole. Sorry, I'm having a like, brain freeze here for a minute. So definitely check those out. Um, those are going to be amazing shows. And a little further on uh, down on February 26th, we have uh, Modern Angst, The Winks, and Boss Battle at the Conservatory in Alton. And that is going to be an amazing show. So make sure to check that out as well. Um, and uh, I, will be at the, I will be at the Family Medicine Fight Back Mountain show. Um, as well as the Modern Angst show uh, at the conservatory. So make sure to check those out. Uh, say what's up if you're there. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say it. You know what's coming. Wes Hoffman and Friends with Dialogue and the Chandelier Swing on March 5th. Make sure to get your tickets. It's at Off Broadway. Um, very, very stoked about this. This is our EP release show, and we're going to have um, cassettes there. So we partnered with the Wrecking... Uh, we partnered with... The record label, um, which is Don from Bastard Squad and the Record Space, it's his label here in St. Louis, and also a label out of Canada called Wrecking Crew Records. So there's going to be three different cassette variants. So uh, get all three if you want. Um, you know, three different colors. It's all the same music, but it's three different colors. So if you're a collector, um, that is for you. Um, tickets are, you can go to offbroadway.com and get tickets there or go to... Uh, um, my Instagram page, Wesley Hoffman, and get tickets there. So um, our EP, Rewrite the Story, is out now, so make sure to check that out. And uh, that's pretty much everything I have. All the shirts have been shipped. Uh, all the 314 Punk shirts have been shipped. Um, we are going to have new Wes Hoffman and Friends shirts at the show. Uh, we're going to have two different designs, so make sure to check those out. And we're going to have hoodies and some of our older T-shirts as well. So we'll actually have three different designs. Um, and we also have koozies, lighters, stickers. Um, I think that's all we got. <laughs> so anyways, make sure to check that out. And uh, we really hope to have an awesome crowd there. Um, tickets are already selling for that. So really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I got. Enjoy this episode with the produce aisle. Oh, one more thing. One more thing. If you like this podcast, Give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. So you can do Spotify ratings now. And that really just helps us kind of like, you know, get into the algorithm and, and get more people listening. So make sure to, uh, to do that. So thank you guys so much. 
uh, enjoy this episode with the protocyle. I am here today with the produce aisle. I'm here with, I know you guys just gave me your names, so I'm going to try to get it right. Nick or Frito, Sam and Dallas. How you guys doing? Doing good. I'm okay. good. Yeah. Awesome. Happy to be awesome. here. Yeah. Thanks so, thanks for so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Um, uh, yeah, this is cool. I, uh, like I, I just said before, I've been following you guys for a little while, like individually and your band on through 314 Punk, and um, you guys are super talented, and I feel like you have, um, you know, your sound is um, de- definitely different than the traditional pop, you know, punk rock. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think that's cool. I, I really like, I was listening to your song earlier that we're going to play here later on the show, and um, you guys do remind me a lot of, like, Belmont, um, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of that, still have a little bit of that punk vibe to it, and that punk attitude, but with way more, um, I don't know what the right word, like savviness of like a lot more musicianship, you know what I mean? Than your traditional punk type music. So I can tell you guys take what your craft very seriously. Yeah. It's like jazz punk. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I like that. Another yeah. one that I that kind of comes to mind is, have you heard of this band Capstan? Yeah. They were just on tour with them. Parts okay okay yeah that makes sense yeah that you guys kind of remind me of them too they're just a little bit more of that like technical musicianship in it um mm-hmm. than you know just power chords <laughs> yeah we yeah. took a lot of uh a lot of our musical inspiration which i'm sure we'll get into that kind of stuff stems from like progressive metal mm-hmm. um a lot of like jazz fusion stuff uh it's a pretty wide swath more than just uh, pop punk and that kind of stuff, which we also really love. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, like, you know, I, I definitely feel like in punk rock, I mean, I try to, uh, me personally as a musician, I'm always trying to push my boundaries a little bit and, and become a better guitarist and a better songwriter and that type of thing. And I've always uh, really enjoyed the more technical side of punk rock. Um, one of my favorite bands of all time is Strung Out. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of them, or but, you know, they're, been around for a really long time and they're like known as the you know the most technical band in punk or they were for a really long time is known as that band that was just like always shredding and um Mm -hmm. i love that so um so tell me in true fashion um you know i kind of want to go around to each of you guys um if you if you've listened to the podcast before you know i asked all of our guests like what was your aha punk rock moment um and it doesn't have to be something punk it can just be you know, what was the moment that you were kind of like, I'm, I'm into this music, I'm into this kind of, you know, alternative style type stuff. Like, what was the band or the, the show or the song that you that really, like, piqued your interest and you were like, oh, shit, I, I'm into this? Yeah. Uh, Dallas, do you want to start? Yeah, I mean, the first band that I got into was, like, technical guitar and everything was Animals as Leaders. Um, okay. And so for a long time, that was just the only thing I listened to. I just listened to their albums over and over again. Um, and more recently, I got into uh, the Dillinger Escape Plan, which actually was okay. Tosin Obasi's inspiration for, for his his project, Animals as Theaters. Um, so, yeah, all that, I feel like that's kind of what I've pulled out uh, into this band is like the um, math core kind of thing that Dillinger Escape Plan does. Um, so just odd meter, no, no sense of, of like, 
trying to stay on four four. Um, writing risks how you use the word um, digestible you know it's like more just what i want to write yeah yeah that's awesome yeah that's super cool does that did, did that kind of just come naturally to you as like you know this is the kind of stuff that i want to write and and you hear it in your head because for me i feel like it would be really hard for me to break out of my classic like four four mm-hmm. uh you know straightforward sound. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for a long time, I didn't listen to interesting music at all. I mean, the first band was Animals as Leaders, and then that was like, holy crap, you can go outside of 4-4. <laughs> like, I didn't even realize that. And then from there, it was like, I prefer that, you know? I prefer it not being just uh, super straightforward, you know? I like that, man. That's that's different. You know, I feel like that's different than a lot of people, like, than, than a lot of, that different than the way a lot of people look at music, you know, yeah. um, can I ask you also, you know, as a guitarist, um, cause I, I love, I love watching you guys. I, I mean, I'm kind of like a, a playthrough junkie or I follow a lot of like just guitar player accounts that different people that are like sharing riffs and, you know, it'll be kind of like, Oh, Hey, you know, here's how you in the, I was just watching one earlier where the guy was like, when you're in the minor pentatonic, add uh add your add nine chords into it i don't it's music theory you know i don't really mm-hmm. truly understand it but like i when he's playing the riff i understand what he's doing kind of and mm-hmm. i can mimic it to kind of see oh he's throwing in these extra notes that i don't normally throw in when i play that scale like mm-hmm. I, you know and i and i love that and i love um frito i love your you know your playthroughs as well i know you're always doing stuff on the bass and I'm not, I'm pretty much, you know, I throw in a bass fill, fill every now and then, but like, I'm nowhere near the type of like, you know, you're definitely like one of those basses that's like, you're honing a craft, like as a bassist, you know, and, um, but tell me a little bit about, uh, Dallas, you know, how did you, how did you become a better guitar player and, and really, you know, push your limits? Yeah. Well, um, I started as a pianist. That was the first instrument I picked up. And um, so that's great for like getting a foundation in music theory and kind of like knowing how intervals sound and everything. Uh, I'm not like super into theory, but I've got enough that I can like, uh, you know, hear in my head what I want to play and it'd be like, and I know the names for it, you know, instead of just kind of like liking a sound, I can like name what that sound is, you know? So, um, so did you take lessons to, to get to that point? I did not, no. I, I was in band and in school and that was it ever. I, I never took any lessons. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, just, awesome. just a lot of free time as a kid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like it. Hey, man, that shows that you've got a lot of, like, drive and passion for yeah. what you're doing and that you, you know, you take the time to sit down. I mean, you can definitely show is like, you take the time to sit down with your instrument and, and over time that consistency, like, pays off for sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Sam, what about you? Well, I listen to a lot of punk stuff when I was young, like, growing up through middle school and high school. I started listening to a lot of like Green Day and No Effects, Descendants. But um, when I was 15, I went to that Dead Kennedy show that was at Foo Bar, and it was pretty awesome. Like the whole floor was covered in like two inches of mud. There was like oh. hundreds of people there, and that just like blew my mind. And I remember going to school the next day, and I just felt so cool. That's awesome. It was not something I had felt before. And then um, recently, I went to the show at uh, the record space, and I, like, messed up my knee really bad in the pit, and I, like, couldn't walk. 
for like two months, but I remember still thinking it was worth it. Like I would do it again. I would mess up my knee to jump around for a few minutes. And yeah. Me realize how much I really like it. Oh yeah, man. This, there was one warp tour. Um, I, I'm a huge MXPX fan. If you listen to the podcast, you know that I, I'm a huge MXPX fan and they played warp tour one year and literally like they're like, I think this was like 2002. Their set was 20 minutes long and I crowd surfed seven times. <laughs> so like almost on average, like every two minutes, like I was going up like on somebody's shoulders. And when I got down, like people had like punched me in the back, like, <laughs> and, and like I had all these like bruises and stuff. And I, um, you know, I'm like super fair skin. So I, I got, so I kept putting on sunscreen, but I had like, blisters on the back of my neck uh, from like sunburn so bad but I was like exactly like you said man I was like I would have done it all again the next day like uh, mm-hmm. it's like it, it's those I mean now maybe not <laughs> at my age but like yeah. <laughs> back then for sure so uh, Frida what about you man What's, what would you say your aha punk rock moment is um, so mine was kind of pretty similar to like my just into like getting into music itself. Um, So a little bit of a preface, my dad's a drummer. And so music had always been around the house. Um, And in like the early 2000s, my dad was really into, uh, remember the band P.O.D.? Oh, yeah. Uh, So, and they actually had some like... Party all night long. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like they had some fairly, especially if you go into like the deep cuts, like they had some pretty like hardcore songs sure uh very like hardcore punk influenced stuff um so that was kind of always around but and i was really like liked it and i was always attracted to it but the biggest moment was when i discovered the red hot chili peppers okay and so while their music isn't necessarily punk in the genre there's a lot of like that punk ethos especially with flea um absolutely he's very much kind of like an embodiment of that punk life, that approach to music, even though he's not doing that genre. Um, I just uh, specifically remember a video of Flea, I believe it was like 1991 or something like that. It was a live concert. Uh, They're live from heaven DVD and Flea does a bass solo. It's like this 40 second just shredding on the bass. And I watched (laughs) that on YouTube. No joke. I was like 13 years old. I watched it probably 20 times in a row, just back and forth, just again, again, again. And at the very end, I was just like, that's what I want to do. That's the path. <laughs> and I really have, and I haven't looked back from then. Um, I just got into, after I was really into Red Hot Chip Peppers, I got into a lot of more of like the jazz world like with Victor Wooten was like a huge influence and like jazz fusion stuff like Chick Corea and Jaco Pastorius. But I always also had this love for like metal and like the punk music. And that's one thing that I really liked about kind of our stuff is it has this technicality that I really love. I love kind of pushing the boundaries of what can I do on the instrument, but it has this, that kind of that spirit of that punk rock, like, does that kind of make sense about that? Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I, that definitely translated to me as well. Like, 
you know, it, it definitely has, and you know, there's, there's like bands that have that similar sound out there now today too. That's mm -hmm. like, you know, you can tell that there's an underlying punk rock vibe to it, but it's, it's not what you, it's not what you would traditionally think of when you say the word punk rock, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, but I also feel like punk has now become this like big umbrella term that like so many things fall under that, you know? Mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, I think I think you're exactly right about Red Hot Chili Peppers. Like I, um, when that album um, Californication came out, uh, mm -hmm. I was I I that's one album that every summer to this day. I mean, that came out when I was in high school, but to this day, every summer I pull that album out and listen to it at least once. And it's like, okay, summer's hit. It's it's time to listen to some Red Hot Chili Peppers and Third Eye Blind. Like, yeah, <laughs> no, I'm I'm extremely excited for this new one because I. I got into the Chili Peppers shortly after Stadium Arcadium came out. And so, and right after that was when John Frusciante left. And so this upcoming album, like, it's like this big full circle moment for me because that's like at the beginning of my musical journey and there hasn't been any new Chili They put out those two albums with the other guitar player, but it was missing like Frusciante's writing and all his essence that he brought to the band. So this new album that got me really like emotional this past weekend, listening and learning that song and all that nice. kind of stuff. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah. And you're totally right about Flea. Um, he is apparently like a, a big, he's in like really uh, well known in the punk rock scene, like in, I think in LA and California where he's from. Um, mm -hmm. He was in, do you, have you heard of this movie Suburbia? It's it's about a bunch of punk kids in LA like growing up. It's from like the early '80s, and um, they like form a gang and they like squat at this like abandoned house. And it's like there's there's a there's a much deeper plot to it. Um, but I watched it a few years ago, and Flea is in it as like a 13 year old kid. Like he, he's he's pretty young in the movie, but he's this like young punk rock kid. And, yeah. And um, it's it's really cool. Um, yeah, he's I was thinking about him in Back to the Future. Too. What's that? I was thinking about him in Back to the Future and uh, the Big oh, Lebowski yeah. and all that stuff. He's one of the thugs in Back to the Future. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's totally right. I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, man. No, no, you're good. You're good. So tell me about um, uh, tell me about how did the protostyle start? Oh, okay. Well. Yeah, so that started uh, with, like, you know, sitting on some, it was me, so I was sitting on some riffs uh, for a couple of years, and that turned into kind of like creating a five-song EP, which was released under my name on Spotify and, uh, and everything else, but uh, in 2019, um, called Air Conditioning, and that was actually based on the fact that I uh, didn't want to do air conditioning as a living like my dad, um, so that's why I made it that, but um yeah so there's five songs in there we uh i had a couple friends sam was one of them um aiden our guitarist and caleb our vocalist um we're all friends from high school and me and nick knew each other from church and so we were uh they were just all my friends and i just asked all of them if they wanted to uh play my stuff live and we didn't have any intention of really being like a like a band really like it wasn't totally set out to be like we're going to be making music together um, but it ended up being like that um, just over 
course of a year, I'd say. We started, I'd say about a year happened, and then by then we had Your Zoomy mm-hmm. um, written all the way as a band. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anything to add with that. Yeah, it was just this, um, like when I kind of came into the fold, again, like all these guys went to high school together. Uh, and I'm several years older yeah. than a lot of these guys. Um, so I'm the old man of the band. Uh, but it was just a gig playing, you know, Dallas's music. Like we were going to do a book a show. And I was like, yeah, I liked your EP. And then as we were um, rehearsing, and all this kind of stuff, we're like, this is kind of a cool sound that we all have been kind of brewing. Um, and Dallas started bringing some other riffs in, and we started like, oh, like, what if we did this? And like, oh, we could tweak this there. And then uh, it just sort of, it kind of just naturally evolved from, there was never like a, okay, we are now moving from the Dallas Stewart project to now the Produce Isle. It just was a very natural, just kind of happenstance. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it when things kind of happen organically like that, where it's like, hey, you know, we're just going to move into this new phase of, of our music. Uh, that's really cool. Um, so let's play one of your songs here. Um, this is it's called Native. Um, and it's actually really, because uh, you guys sent me the video, and, and we posted it on 314 Punk a few weeks ago when it came out. And I can't, <laughs> I have to tell you, that part, all I've ever wanted was a chance. That, like, that part is so catchy. That was stuck in my head all weekend. <laughs> oh, mission accomplished. Um, Dallas, do you want to sit? So a lot of our lyrics and stuff, it comes from kind of like joke songs at yeah. first. So yeah, Dallas has come up with that melody. I was on the job site with my dad when I was still doing air conditioning, and I had that melody, and the original lyrics was, all I ever wanted was a place to call home, a place where I could grow my own bean garden. <laughs> so just just stupid lyrics. No sense at all. But that's, but that's true. That's totally how it works because, like, now when I've been writing and demoing stuff out, like, if I don't have words, I'll go up to the mic and I'll sing just da-da-da-da-da-da, you know, whatever. I'll just yeah. kind of, like, phrase it out since I don't have words. And then I'll sit down with a notebook and be like, what do I want this song to be about? What words are going to fit with how I want the melody and like the cadence to sound? And like, that's, that's something I never did before. And I, I am starting to see like, Oh, my, these songs are a little bit better when I spend a little bit more time. Like, <laughs> mm. <Yeah>, melodies, <laughs> I feel like are the hardest melody. thing to write. What's that? I feel like melodies are probably like the hardest thing to write. Cause it's not just notes. You're also having to fit in how your lyrics are going to work, how the rhythm you know, it's a, it's a tricky, it's like, it's multi-layers, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, you would think that they'd be really easy, and you want it to be something that's, you know, with my music, I want it to be something that's catchy, that, mm-hmm. you know, after one time through of hearing the song, you would know the words to the chorus, at least, you know, and you want yeah. it to be something that's going to hook you in, but it, it's, like, so hard to kind of, sometimes it's really hard to, figure out what that is <laughs> yeah it's it's so wild because like um when i was in school for music like you spend semester after semester after semester working on stuff like harmony and how to build these chords and the chord progressions and all that kind of stuff 
And like when it comes to learning about melody, it's just like make it lyrical, and that's it. Like, like there's so like because melody is like so much like the prime thing in like really every genre. Like that's what everyone's listening for. That's what's going to get people's attention. But it's so difficult to like like how do you write a good melody? I don't know. You do. Yeah. Just 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 take time and do it over and over again until it gets good. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been doing that too. Like I, I I'll, um, I'll I'll do this with um, my leads and, and guitar leads and hooks and stuff too. Like I'll once I get the chord progression down, um, I'll I'll sit there and I'll figure out. Okay, well here's the first lead that's coming into my head, and I'll play that, and then I'll start another track, and I'll play a different lead. And I'll maybe mm-hmm. do like octaves or something, and then I'll so I'll I'll get up to three leads, and then I'll pick the best one. Mm-hmm out of those three and then I'll delete the others. And I, I've been doing that with, with guitar and with uh, vocals too sometimes just because it's like, I used to not have this ability either, you know, like to right. record things as easily as, as we, as we do now. Mm-hmm. Um, like 20 years ago when I was playing music, when I was younger, it was like way more difficult to, you know, you just had to kind of sit down with your acoustic guitar and yeah, yeah. you didn't really have like a phone to record it on as easily, you know? Yeah, now everyone's got, you know, a, like pretty much everyone's got like this, at least a decent studio, mm-hmm. like way more than anybody had, like even 10 years ago, like you had to pay yeah. so much money just to get like a demo recorded. Now everyone's, seems like everyone's got something at their house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And, and I love it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I feel like, you know, you can, you can demo something out and it sounds fairly decent. It doesn't sound like you, like, you know, whenever I was younger, we would try to, we would maybe have one mic just in the room where we try to capture the sound of us all playing live. It would just sound horrible, you know? Um, So tell me a little bit about this song native, Um, you know, What's kind of the premise for that? I know you guys did a video for it. What um, can you tell me a little bit about more about how this all this song kind of came about? Is this part of an album or an EP? Um, I mean, it's not it's not a part of an EP, um, but we do have an EP planned. We've got another single after this one, and then we'll have a three to five song EP in the works. Um, just short, probably under twenty minutes, but. Um, yeah, this song is just another single. We're we're wanting to kind of gear up towards an EP, get some pipe going before, you know, releasing so much music at once. I think that's the smart way to do it for sure. I, mm-hmm. I think it's like a it's a slow burn. I, I'm all about the long game, you know. Even mm-hmm. though it's like I have songs that I that uh, I'm working on for a full length, and you know, I want to share those. Like my EP just came out two weeks ago. Like, you know, mm-hmm. even though you want to put stuff out, it's really I really think it's um, the way that people consume music now, it's like, hey, let's drop a song, let's drop a song in a video, let's drop another song, then let's drop an EP, and then like, you know, you kind of have to just be consistent with releasing music. It's not like it was back in the day where it's like, oh well, we just dropped a twelve-song album, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right. It's just compl- It's just way different than it used to be. Yeah, that was something we actually kind of like not like battled about we just kind of had a lot of discussion about as a band early on was like what's our like goal here with releasing music um because when it started we kind of like you know of course who doesn't want to do an album you can tell so much more of a story and have so much more like depth with an album you can have interludes you can do so much more 
but that's like it's robbing yourself of of growth really if you drop an album today in in today's like you know what do you call it industry i guess the, the streaming culture yeah you know if yeah you drop an album with with no following it's it's going to be forgotten you know unless you unless you do something in the future and they go back to the album i guess but. right i totally agree with you i totally agree with you on that and i i still listen to albums <laughs> from front to back like i, I, I still really yeah, me too me too yeah i love that but um you know, if if a band puts out a single, um, Knuckle Puck is like another one that that's a big. I'm a big them. fan of Knuckle Puck, and they they put they have an EP out, but I've only listened to one song off of it because that the one that they released as a single like a few weeks ago, you know, because I just haven't gotten around to like going to their Spotify page and like pulling up the EP yet. You know, yeah. I haven't had time to just. I've had time to listen to one song, but I haven't had a long drive where I have 30 minutes to really kind of dive into it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just different than it was back in the day. And, and you know, I wouldn't say it's better or worse. It's just different than it was, you know? It's just right. evolved so much. Um, okay, so the song. Um, this song, Native, uh, before we play it, so tell me a little bit about the video as well. Does this have something to do with, like, a high-stakes chess match or something like that? <laughs> um, yeah. Originally, we were just kind of going to have just like the typical band kind of playing, uh, just like playing in a room, kind of typical music video. Whose idea was it to do the chess thing? Well, I think I came up with a chess idea just because, I mean, chess is such a archetype and trope where it's like smart people play chess. Chess is a mature game. So I thought it was funny to have immature game pieces like Candyland on a chessboard. <laughs> <laughs> so we have all the Lego pieces. We have the Candyland pieces. We have like Game of Life pieces. And it's just kind of a funny image. And we kind of went from there. It reflects the lyrics too. Yeah, because a lot of the lyrics are in this idea of like that battle between Am I an adult? Am I still a kid? I want to be taken seriously as an adult, but I don't know if I take myself seriously as an adult yet. Like those types of like, you know, the coming of age type of mentality. Because four, four or five of us is, yeah. is our, uh, you know. Yeah, because these guys are all uh, like 20, 21. So they're in that, um, but I'm 28. And so they, like, I still feel like, wait, I'm an adult? Um, like, I don't feel like it a lot of times. Hey, dude, I'm going to be 39 in, like, three weeks, and I still don't feel like an adult. <laughs> <laughs> so this song is for you. <laughs> it's totally for me. No, I, I totally hear you, though, man. It's like when you're younger, you think, oh, when I grow up, when, I, when I'm older, you know, when I was younger, I thought, man, 39 is really old. And now I'm at 39 and I'm like, I still kind of feel like a kid. Like I, I still mm-hmm. really, you know, I'm still playing punk rock and, and I was just playing Apex Legends before I got on this <laughs> podcast with you guys. I, that's why I was a little late. The, 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 the game went into like triple overtime. <laughs> so sorry about that, guys. No, you're fine, man. I, I couldn't give up. I, I mean, I, I, I dealt the most damage that I possibly could in that, that, that I ever Respect have in that game. You are a yeah. loser. 
All right, so here is Native.
right, great tune. Yeah, really, really love that. So where did you guys where did you guys end up recording this? Um, it was pretty much done ourselves. Um, all of the guitars and basses and like kind of background synths, those were all done. Um, was it at Aiden's house? Yeah, it was. Our other guitarist, he's he's really savvy with uh with what do you call it, music production. He's going to school right now at Blackbird in Nashville to uh, study music production. That's kind of the mm-hmm. career he's trying to go down. So yeah, yeah we tracked with That's him. Awesome. And then for the drums and the vocals, um, I have a really good friend, Trenton Bilo. He does, uh, he has a small studio in his house in St. Peter's, and that's where we track the drums and the vocals. And I've done, I don't know, like, Trenton's been a longtime friend, and uh, he's got a really nice setup in his basement. Yeah, I mean, the recording quality sounds great, especially, you know, for, for doing it yourself. Like, I mean, it's, I mean, I, I would never, you know, sometimes you think, oh, some, you know, you did it yourself. It's maybe not going to have that great quality, but I would have never guessed that. I mean, it sounded phenomenal, you know. So. Thank you. Great yeah, job. Trenton on also makes it. Well. What's that? Trenton also makes the master of the song. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, it sounds great. It's it's great recording. So, um, cool. Well, where do you guys feel like where, where are you moving forward from here? You, you have an EP in the works. Like, what other stuff do you guys have happening? Well, we're recording a single in nashville this coming weekend we're recording it on february 13th i think um and that will be released sometime in the future (laughs) once it's (laughs) mixed and every part is recorded and um we have a few shows we have booked we have a show at red flag on february 19th and then a show at the old rock house opening for this old st louis band fivefold on march 19th I'm a big fan of Fivefold. Um, Ryan Chaney is a good friend of mine, and I, I've played a few shows with him. Um, he was on my podcast, like, uh, before I started doing this one, I had another podcast that he was on, and um, I really admire him as a songwriter and singer and just a hustler, you know, as a creative person. He's out there, like, just always gigging, always doing a, something mm-hmm. with music, and um, Coco in that band as well. Like, uh, you know, he's ran sound for us a couple times, different shows that we've played. He's, he's friends with um, our drummer heads. So, yeah, they're awesome guys. And I'm definitely mm-hmm. planning on being out at that show uh, the 19th awesome. at the old awesome. Rock House Fivefold. Yeah. So, and uh, they haven't played a show in, 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 a, in quite a while, I don't think, right? Not to my knowledge. I think they're, they're making a comeback because if you look at their discography, they kind of were, were dormant for like eight years. Um, but they just dropped a single in 2020. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, it's really good. It's re- it's a really good single too. So <laughs> yeah, they just awesome. reached out to us on Instagram, um, and like, there's no one in that band that we knew like personally, and so that was like, I thought that was like really awesome that they reached out. They just reached out to us and were like, hey, would you want to play this show on March 19th? Yeah, and we didn't even realize it was fivefold at first. It was just. Um, one of their members yeah. just reached out to us. We just asked for the details and said, oh, yeah, and then us, Fivefold, will be playing after you guys. I was like, we need to play this show. Everyone, <laughs> everyone put your calendar. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's the awesome. Biggest, biggest show we've been asked to be a part of so far. Mm-hmm. So, I think yeah. that's a good sign. You know, Fivefold, they've been around for a long time, and I think that's a good sign that you guys are doing something right, that, you know, they – um, however, they found you guys, you know, they heard your music and liked it. 
Um, yeah. So yeah, however you awesome. guys found us, fivefold, thank you. <laughs> uh, very <laughs> like incredibly appreciative uh, yeah. for this opportunity, and we're very very stoked for this show. Mm-hmm. Um, but as Sam was saying, we've got this single uh, that we're recording this weekend. Um, we've got, as Dallas was saying, like a three to five song EP. That's all other songs uh, that are. I'd say between uh, 70 to 100% written, depending yeah. on the song. Um, we've got a lot of, we have a lot of ideas, but we're definitely trying to do the slow burn um, when it comes to like, like building that fan base. Yes. I, I heard something recently, and I talked about this on the last, I did a little podcast that I just put out a couple days ago that, because um, I heard somebody say, if you can find ways to get people to build a relationship with your music and with your band, like, and even just, you know, I didn't know it. I mean, I follow a couple of you guys and I follow the produce aisle on Instagram, but um, like even just the fact that you two, uh, Frito and Dallas, that you guys do uh, like playthroughs. And I was following that, like that even helped me build just a little bit more of a connection with your band. Like, Oh, that you know, here's this dude. Um, what was the you re, Dallas? You you covered somebody. Uh, 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 what, oh, uh, action adventure. Yes, yes, yes. It was that, and I really liked them a lot. And like, yeah, uh, you know, and I saw them cool. He's like, he's doing a, a playthrough for that, and I was like, you know, it already just builds a little bit more of a connection with your band and with your music, and I, I just really like that idea of how can you kind of tell a story more about behind the scenes about who you are as people, but also your band and what you stand for and how you kind of, you know, what it is that you're doing. And, and I think videos, are, you know, playthroughs are a great way to do that. Music videos are a great way to do that. My band, we did a little like mini documentary where each member said, you know, Hey, my name is Wes, you know, I'm from St. Louis where, you know, this band started four years ago, like a little bit of a background about our band and, um, to get to know the members a little bit and then, you know, had some shots from our show. And I really think that's a big, um, yeah, it takes time and energy and strategic planning to do that stuff. But I think in the long run, it really helps. Like, you know, I see, um, a lot of bands, you know, where it's like, they don't, they don't post anything on Instagram until they have a show coming up. And then it's like, well, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, what are some other ways that you can think about, how, how you can get people engaged with your, and some, some people don't want to, I'm getting on my soapbox here for a minute, but like, <laughs> no, you're good, man. some people don't want to look at their band as a brand, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. as like, Oh, I don't want to run a brand. I don't want to like, I, I hate social media. I don't want to be on it all the time, but you know, that's, that's kind of what it is. And um, every time that you release a new song or a new artwork or a new merch design or, um, a new video or something like that, or anytime you have a show, that's like a new representation of your band. It's like a new, um, and and it it changes over time, you know? Um, So it, 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 you know, bands evolve and they change and they, you know, they have different members and they, their sound changes and stuff like that, but it's just a different, another way to like communicate a message to your audience, you know, and, and and gain, get more people interested uh, for sure. So, uh, yeah, Absolutely. but even, I, what I was going to say to wrap that all up is, 
uh, just getting to know you guys and get any bands that I've had on the podcast, like um, getting to know everybody that's in these bands here in St. Louis, it, it makes, gives me so much more of an affinity for the music scene in general in St. Louis. Like um, I don't like every single band. No one likes every single band, you know, like, <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> I mean, there's people out there who like Nickelback. Yeah. <laughs> hey, they make a lot more money than we do, so. <laughs> I, I, so. I hope I didn't offend you guys if you're a oh, no. Nickelback fan. <laughs> That's why Dallas is quiet right now. <laughs> you shut your mouth, Wes. <laughs> Dallas just got up and left the room. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, I you know, I don't like every band, um, and that's okay, but I like every band as people that I've met mm-hmm. from St. Louis, you know, and, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I'll go to shows and support them and stuff like that. So um, uh, I, I like where your head's at with, like, the, the slow, consistent – you know, putting out of music, putting out of videos and all that kind of stuff. And you guys are doing a great job of that so far. So um, tell me about what are some of your favorite shows that you've been to in St. Louis? Sam, you mentioned that Deb Kennedy show at Fubar. I was not there, but I, I'm regretting it now hearing you talk about yeah, it. It was awesome. They had the different vocalists, so a lot of people there were not happy. People were making fun of him. <laughs> and do you know the song that MTV Get Off the Air by Deb Kennedy's? What'd you say? Do you know the song MTV Get Off the Air by Dead Kennedys? Uh, I don't think I do. Well, it's this cool song, like kind of berating MTV for kind of like corporatizing music videos. And uh, since <laughs> Della Biafra, he has the rights to that song. They like rewrote the lyrics and they called it MP3, Get Off the Web. And it was a <laughs> takedown on internet piraters, or just pirates, I guess. It was like getting mad at people for pirating music. And uh, people thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting story. <laughs> yeah, but the singer was nice. That's probably my favorite show I bet too. He hung out and talked. I was Matt Klaus Borai, the little bass player. <laughs> nice. What What about you, Dallas? Uh, that was actually pretty recent. In uh, November, me and Sam went to see uh, Belmont and Tiny Moving Parts doing a co-headliner. Um, actually, I think Tiny Moving Parts was the headliner. Belmont was a way shorter set. So, I mean, but whatever. Tiny Moving Parts has probably been my, my biggest band of 2021. They, they were on my raft, for sure. Um, nice. I, I love their, their sound, um, their lyrics, just their, the emotion and their music. Um, and I kind of thought, like, just because I, I don't know anybody else that listens to them, really, besides, like, us, um, so I thought that I was like the only one. So to go to a show where everybody else is singing every word was just like like emotional to me. Like I mean, I didn't cry because I'm not a baby, but um, <laughs> I I was hey, I, I was on the I wouldn't have thought any different of you if you did cry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was I was uh, sweating too much. I could there was no more water in my body to go to, to go to my eyes. But I mean, just the the pit atmosphere was was probably one of my favorite moments of last year. Um, Everybody was so positive, and, uh, you know, it was like a violent pit, but a friendly, you know, friendly violence. So, Those are the best. Yeah. Tiny Moving Parts is is awesome. Um, I feel like they took 
Midwest emo and like put it and Midwest emo math rock, the whole like mm -hmm. polyvinyl records. Um, and like just yeah. turned it on its head and put it on steroids. It's like, like, uh, mm -hmm. they're just insane. And, um, I saw them at Delmar Hall a few years ago with Real Friends and Have Mercy. And, um, yeah, I, I was also really surprised because I, I do listen to a little tiny moving parts. Like, I'm, I'm definitely a fan. I don't, you know, I don't know all their songs, but I'm, I'm like, they're an inspiring band to me, just like hearing their guitar riffs and stuff and their melodies. I'm just like, this is really good. And, um, like, that dude, he did not screw up one time on the guitar. Oh. And I was really impressed. But I'm, I'm like... How do you guys have just one guitar player? Like, yeah, it it's incredible. Like you have a symphony of guitars. And that was another thing that was just so awesome. It was just three guys, and they they fill a room with better sound than you know five piece bands that I've heard. You know, it's just they're they're all so talented, especially Dan, uh, Dylan. Um, yeah, totally. So yeah, it was it's amazing to see guitarists sing at the same time when they're playing complicated roots because that's not going to be me <laughs> you know me neither brother <laughs> so what about you uh Rito? um one of my favorite shows of recent times uh i saw thundercat back in november um i actually go to way more of like the as far as shows the funk jazz r&b type of shows i just kind of naturally end up going to more of those kinds of shows um but yeah thundercat was one and he's one of my biggest bass influences uh, absolutely loves his music um one show that was fantastic that was actually a bit of a revelation to me was when i saw animals as leaders in veil of maya at the ready room a couple years ago and i didn't know i look over to the side and i see dallas and because again, I was we 15, knew, by the way, at the time. yeah, at the time he was, he was pretty young. Um, and like Dallas said, like I used to be a, a music director at a church, and Dallas was just this little kid who occasionally played guitar with us. And all of a sudden, I see him at this Veil of Maya show, <laughs> and I was like, wait, is this guy actually cool? Like, <laughs> he was friends with my mom before he was yeah i was like yeah i was his mom was a co-worker of mine so that's act like it doesn't pay me in a, in a good light no it, yeah. it, it sounds worse than it is um yeah his, his mom was a co-worker and i like saw her the next day at work and i was like i saw this kid that looked a lot like dallas at the show last night she's like oh that was him yeah, that was that was actually the first show i ever went to so it was, that was your first show my first like yeah like heavy show really I didn't yeah. know that um but yeah that that was like a really really awesome show uh, as far as local shows some of my favorites uh, were I used to go and do a lot of like the house shows and stuff like that those are some of like my favorite memories uh, I was in a band for a long time all my vices and we were very different than the Progressile it was kind of like alternative rock um very inspired by bands like Mute Math and those styles of bands. And we did quite a bit of house shows. And those were some of my like favorite memories of having a hundred people in this like 80 square foot basement playing like 120 decibels. <laughs> um, like that was, those are some of my absolute favorite memories. 
Um, and like that band, we also, we did the house shows, but we also played the pageant once, um, which was incredible. Um, and so, um, that's one thing I really like about kind of the show scene in St. Louis is I love venues like the pageant, Delmar Hall, you know, these nicer venues, like they're really, really great. Uh, Red Flag is the new one that's kind of like that. Oh, yeah. Um, but there's also like some of the most fun you can have or right? some of those DIY little house shows mm-hmm. as what well. like I feel like St. Louis is a really good uh, you can kind of get whatever you want in, in a lot of shows. It just depends Absolutely. on what you're feeling. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I would agree with you. I think some of my favorite shows that I've played have either been basement or house shows. Mm-hmm. And, and some of my favorite shows that I've been to, um, even if it was just not like, you know, not necessarily my favorite band, but just there's something cool about being at a house show in somebody's basement. Mm-hmm. There being like, you know, a bunch of people there and, watching music play it's just it's so cool and i i agree with you i think you know we really do have um kind of run the gamut like i mean some of my favorite shows lately have been at the sinkhole um mm-hmm. oh, you know i love that yeah yeah i love that venue and um you know we're and, and but i also really like you know I've, I've seen some really good shows at the pageant and you mm-hmm. know go, going back i've been to mississippi nice a bunch of times when i was younger and um, I thought every time I die there, you know, now they're broken up, but huh. you know, that'll always be a memory. And this was in like 2003 when they were really just kind of starting to pop off. And, um, yeah. you know, so it's cool to, it's cool. We really do have like a decent amount of venues right now. And, um, even the ready room when they were, when it, that place was around, like I saw some mm-hmm. strange shows there and, um, I love the new red flag too. I haven't played there yet, but I've seen a bunch of shows there and, it's a nice, I mean, um, I do have to give a shout out because the Disappeared played a show there. They were supposed to open, um, it was around the holidays, and it was Bastard Squad was supposed to play, but they, they had to cancel because of COVID. Uh, somebody in the band got COVID. And the Disappeared, I saw them at Heavy Anchor and, uh, like a couple months before, and then I saw them at um, Red Flag, and it was like a completely different band because the sound it was a different room. It was a bigger room. Mm. The sound was so much bigger. And, um, I'm friends with all those guys. So I was like super hyped on it. And, um, I mean, they just, they sounded like a legit, like stadium band. Or something. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah, that's awesome. And awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited so, to see like, um, what red flag is going to be. Cause like when we, we played some shows there, like, pretty early 2020 like this was um like november 2020 some of the first shows at the venue Mm -hmm. okay and so that was like all right there's like a maximum of like 60 people that can be here Um, right like these like incredibly socially distanced shows Mm -hmm. and like i mean no one knew what anybody was doing right like and so playing a show with that like I'm excited to play in a couple weeks where you know there's going to be a bit more capacity for people to be there because sure. when you're playing in a room like that and there's you know 50 people spread out throughout this venue it's a little like discouraging yeah, this is <laughs> this is a little sad 
I, I, no, and, and I, I would also say that when there's more people there, um, it absorbs the sound a little bit more when it's mm -hmm. a full room, as opposed to if there's, you know, if there's 50 people there, if there's 50 people in a, in a, in a sinkhole, it, you know, it sounds great because it's like, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, the sound's absorbed, everybody's on the floor together. If there's 50 people in red flag, it's like, it's just going to sound different than if there were 500 people in there, you know? Exactly. Um, so, yeah, it, but it'll be interesting because, you know, Scoobar used to have the small side, the small stage side, and then like mm -hmm. the big venue. And, um, you know, I know they're doing smaller shows now, which is fine. Like I'll still, I've been, I've been to Red Flag when there's been several hundred people there. And I've been there when there's been, you know, 50 people there. And mm -hmm. I still enjoyed the show. Like it's still, yeah. it's still in a really nice place to, to see a show. And, um, yeah. I'm really, the venue is super cool. Like it's a very, like, it's a very, inspiring place to be at as far as like this makes me want to like just like looking at like those like Shipping the containers, containers yeah. and like how the balcony looks and i was like all right i want like even if i'm not playing like i want to be on that stage right now like that's what that's that venue once mm -hmm. makes you want to play yeah um, absolutely it's really great to see that they didn't fall under whenever like because they had the worst timing possible they like oh got gosh. the venue finished oh, in gosh. march and then it shut down so like they had like what like five, six months of, uh, like just dormant, you know, just yeah. losing, just losing money, you know? Yeah. yeah. So. Extremely thankful that Red Flag still exists. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Me too. I've, like I said, I've been to a, a bunch of shows there already and I, I'm looking forward to playing there someday too. Yeah. So. And I'm um, glad to see they're doing like some like national shows there too. Mm -hmm. Like some big national tours of playing at Red Flag. Mm -hmm. Did they have some oh, yeah. of the year there recently? You saw them? I didn't go, but they were there. What was cool? Yeah. Go? Story of the Year played, Neck Deep played. That was like wow. a big, mm -hmm. a pretty big show. Um, I'm pretty sure Knocked thought... Loose is going to be there in a couple months. Oh, yeah. yeah we're going to that. Knocked Loose. Oh, hell yeah. Dude, Knocked Loose is like <laughs> blowing up. But I, I, um, I went on the Warp Tour for, with my podcast at the time. I think I maybe talked about this. And in 2017, and Knock Loose was like just, well, I don't even think, I, um, like they're, I don't even know if they had, I think they maybe had an EP out. Like they didn't have a lot. They had just been signed, like, and this was like their first warp tour. And everybody, every, they played on a small stage. Mm -hmm. And every time they played, it was just like a huge crowd. And like they, they were just like on the cusp and they were just like blowing up. And it was, it was awesome. Um, yeah, I'm not a super, like, I don't get too much into, like, super heavy music like that, but um, Knock Loose, I, I can get into them. And then uh, the new Comeback Kid is also really good. I don't know if you guys have heard that. I'll have to check that one out. Yeah, I forget what it's, I think it's called Heavy Steps or something like that. Um, so, cool. I, I'm, uh, my, I think my connection is get, is weakening here. Um, <laughs> uh any shout-outs that you guys want to give to any other St. Louis bands before we sign off? I got one for sure. It's Chaos Bloom. Uh, okay. Yes, those dudes are them. awesome. Yeah, they they've got a. They're probably one of the closer sounding bands. Us. They're they're more like the uh, prog rock kind of like Dream Theater mm -hmm. type of prog. A lot of Russian okay. influence. Yeah. Kind of stuff. Uh, they, you know they they do like the seven minute songs. Like I think they did a 
a 30 minute set and it was three songs yeah <laughs> but yeah. i mean it was it was awesome they they yes. they uh they sing and play guitar at the same time it's a three piece mm-hmm. um and they they're they're just great and we yeah. played we played a show with them and ran into them at a fall of troy show even mm-hmm. so uh um, yeah they're just they're really cool guys mm-hmm. absolutely we want to do a show with you guys another yeah. one <laughs> um there, there's another band, Rip Slime. Uh, yeah, they're a lot more just like straight punk, and uh, they're nice. They're very cool, and I like their music, and they're fun. <laughs> they do a lot of covers, which is fun at their live shows. So that's always fun. And then there's this venue, uh, Lucas Schoolhouse, and it's, it's uh, like yeah. it's run by it's like this art school, like three story old skill uh, school building in uh, I think it's like a church. Yeah, it's like a it's like a church, like Catholic church school building. Yeah, it's some like old institution building. And it's run by this guy. He has an art school where he teaches like this freeform rock sculpting. Mm-hmm. But then he also has these shows and these weddings and just does a little bit of everything. And he tries to he tries to give a lot of people a platform, which is very mm-hmm. cool. It was very easy to work with. Yeah, that's where we played a show with Chaos Boom, actually. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm a big group slime fan, too. I've seen them a couple times, and I've seen those guys out at shows, and and they're they're a really fun band, for sure. It's really cool to see. I know you guys are, some of you guys are younger, like, um, it's really cool to just see people out there, like, putting yourself out there. You know, they're doing a lot of shows, and, and, um, like, it, it can be... I mean, I've been there. When I was younger, like, it, it's hard. It's it's intimidating when you're, like, the young kid and, and you're out there trying to, like, play shows and you want to make it happen. And so it's cool to see them, like, getting out there and doing it. And, um, you know, it seems like they have a pretty decent following, too. What about you, Frito? Um, I've got two guys in particular. Uh, one, uh, Omar Alabades from Void Gazer. Um, okay. He is one of my, like, longtime friends. We grew up together, me and Omar. Um, and so the, he was kind of out of the music scene for a long time. Uh, and I'm very glad that he is back in uh, on all the stuff. The cool stuff he's doing Floyd Gazer. Uh, really like what they're doing. And the other one, uh, John Flynn from Summoning the Lake. Uh, yeah. Very good friend. Very amazing band. Um, really, really love what they do. Um, yeah, John is a monster on the bass. John's a good friend of mine as well. Uh, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I was at that show. I was at Red Flag when they for their like album release. Oh yeah, yeah. Were you guys um, at that one? Yeah, we were. Yeah, I couldn't. I was sick when that show happened. Yeah, it, it, it was a good show, it, and. They're one of those bands, like, again, like, I'm not, I'm not super into heavy music because I'm, like, such a melody guy, but they're one of those yeah. bands that, like, I really, I really like their stuff. Like, it's not, it's, it's more, it's easier to listen to for some reason for me. Like, it, it's that type of metal where it's, like, I can appreciate, yeah, I mean, they have real thrashy stuff sometimes, but, like, mm-hmm. it's, it's the kind of thing that I can kind of, I can get into it a little bit more for some reason. Like, and I, I, I do like metal and hardcore to an extent, but like, um, they're, they're one of those bands that I just, I think that what they're doing is really cool. And, and they're, they're signed to like a pretty well-known label, right? Like, I believe so. I think, it, I think it they're on prosthetic. prosthetic. Yeah. And they're, yeah, they're like, they just did a big tour mm-hmm. recently. Um, yeah. I love seeing 
bands, especially when the bands have homies in them, uh, doing like really awesome stuff. And so, totally. John, yes, John, you're a legend. And he's like tapping on the bass. And yeah, he does all that, and he's a uh, he's big into like the six string uh, basses. And out, me and him were hanging out a couple months ago. And we were like playing each other's basses because I have I mostly play Fender stuff, and he's got he's like an Ibanez guy, and so it was really funny just because they're the basses are just like worlds apart as far as yeah like style and how they feel, but it was really cool. And those guys do a really good job. They have a great stage presence too. Like mm-hmm. a lot of times, like he'll be looking at the crowd like uh, you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was holding the bass like, way up here. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah, they're awesome. they're really awesome. Well, guys, this was great. Thank you so much for for spending some time with me. I really I really appreciate it. I'm so stoked to, to put this out and share it with the world. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's on on Instagram. Is it is it just the Produce Isle? STL. Yeah. STL. Okay. Yeah. And it's Isle, Isle like an island. I S L E. If you look us up in Google or YouTube or whatever, it will always say. Did you mean the Protus Isle with an A? Every time. So if you guys keep searching it, maybe the algorithm yeah. knows. Exactly. Ooh, maybe <laughs> give it up, give it up time and it won't it won't try and correct that. Yeah. But yeah, at the Protus Isle STL on Instagram. That's probably the bit the most um, active uh, social media platform is Instagram. We have Facebook. Yeah. Um, but Facebook. we put stuff up on YouTube too. That's that's where we'd like to see some growth, but it's just such a you know. It takes a lot more time to get a video up on on YouTube than the constant content on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So. YouTube is a whole different beast, and and you know I'm I'm kind of at this point now where for for a long time I was doing Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and I still do a little bit on Twitter. I still do a little bit on Facebook, but I'm kind of like Instagram's where I'm where I'm gonna live. Mm-hmm. That's kind of my wheelhouse. I was trying to do TikTok for a little while, but it's like you have yeah, we to did be too. consistent with it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. If like, you don't post like every day on TikTok, yeah. like you immediately disappear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I I'm kind of at the point where I'm like, I, I like TikTok. It's cool, but I'm I'm like, I'll stick with Instagram. This is this is where I'm I'm doing my best. So I'm gonna if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Kind of type thing. So. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, you guys, are, you, this was awesome. I, I'd love to hang out with you guys sometime, and I uh, hope to see you at a show sometime soon. And um, I'm yeah. definitely going to try to be at your show on the 19th of March with Fivefold at Old Rockout. Yeah, we'd yeah, love to see you there. Awesome. Yeah, so it's that one, and then we've got the show on February 19th at Red Flag, and that's just like a local show. Um, the Incredible Goats are playing. Yeah, I didn't know who they were. Um, Incredible Ghosts, uh, Library, Library Birds yeah. was one of the other bands. And I'm really blanking on who else is on there. I think, is it an okay. Yeah. No, there was, there was it's about four bands. Okay. Uh, it's all local stuff, though. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I'll definitely look for that, too. And, um, yeah, thank you guys so much. I'll try to get to send me, send me the audio, and um, I'll, I'll try to get this up here by the end of the week. Yeah. Awesome, man. Cool. Thank you, Wes. Yeah, thank you guys much.